Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. Here we have an eight-part cannabis business plan. If you're looking at getting into the cannabis industry, this is an A to Z step or plan on how to, how to do that, how to manage that. In part one, we discussed setting up the ideal team. So there's multiple ways to allure top talent besides just promotion and pay. If you want the hardest working, the highest morale, the most satisfied and overall best employees with decreased turnover, you need to trust them, empower, appreciate, mentor, keep them involved, challenge, and feeling like they're on a mission. And to that end, I coined the term team icon. With new markets entering the industry, brands constantly emerging and consolidating, it's more important than ever to take a look at cannabis consumer demographics. So in part two, we explored the sales contributions based on customer demographics in both the US and Canada. By analyzing purchasing and categorizing trends, you'll be able to better understand how different customers shop, what type of products they tend to purchase, et cetera. Now that we've established how to build a team and who you're going to sell to, we're going to look at long-term forecasts in this part three for both the U.S. and Canada markets. That's going to include total sales estimates as well as estimates at the category level. That's going to give you a complete picture of where the market was at, where the market's at now, and where we're headed. In addition of several new U.S. cannabis markets opening up, it's now projected that the U.S. is going to surpass $30 billion in 2022. Not much has changed in the cannabis uh, forecast for Canada this year, uh, but that was expected since the market is fully legalized. The data is demonstrating that the cannabis industry is not only moving quickly, but there is no indication that it's slowing down. So businesses should be able to continue to see positive growth in the near future. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Let's take a look at the estimated annual sales volume by country. Both the U.S. and Canada legal markets are forecasted to grow through this year. Because of the smaller population, the Canadian market's forecasted, like I said, $5.5 billion in the future. Last year, they were only estimated at $4 billion, much smaller than the U.S. counterpart, which is expected to have about $24 billion. Trends for the two markets are developing somewhat differently. This year, the U.S. Uh, for 2022 is influenced by newly added legal cannabis markets. The smaller Canadian market is forecasted to grow double the growth rate. Uh, there are a couple of reasons for this. Uh, they're growing from a smaller base. It always makes that jump in percentage more noticeable. Also, the Canadian market is newer compared to the U.S., where the largest markets are more mature. And then the converging growth rates this year are a result of the Canadian market maturing and the U.S. states being added to U.S. cannabis markets. That's New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, New Mexico, Alabama, Arizona. There's going to be more U.S. states that will decide on legalizing medical recreation in the near future. And so that's going to change and reflect in future forecasts. Looking at category market view focusing on the U.S. and Canada separately. The views give an insight into the market structure and how the trends in each category might develop going forward. The data includes category contributions to growth, which allows us to analyze the shifts in the consumer preferences in the market. However, just with the total market view, categories that are included and their shares are dependent on the current level of legalization, which can change in the future. So the first two graphs are summarizing the estimates of volume. And then through that analysis, we'll look uh, at some other data. Taking a look at category sales uh, up in Canada, pre-roll is definitely popular on the West Coast between Oregon and Washington, BC and California. People love their, their pre-rolls, but 
Uh, the 2.0 rollout in Canada has not been helpful for tinctures, topicals, and some of the therapeutic products. Um, even vape pens aren't selling. Some of the reasons I've heard of is because it's really uh, expensive. Also, the quality is not very good. Um, flour is still dominant, but pre-rolls are gaining um, a lot more popular. That grab-and-go is definitely uh, very, very popular up in Canada, but so is the black market. The BC cannabis market is very mature, just like California's. So they know what they want. They're not going to worry about uh, vape pens or the smell of pre-rolls. And flour is probably only 40%, just like California. When we look at the US, the categories are a little changed. Uh, This year, there's a dip in flour. That's dropping to about 40% of market share everywhere. So the trend is reversing that new markets that are entering the mix. So sales of concentrates are decreasing, vape pens, pre-rolls increasing. Flowers contributing less to the overall population was 47%. It's dipping down to 40. So that should be expected uh, all over the place as vape pens and pre-rolls are taking over some market share. Like I mentioned in Canada, flower shares are falling as well. Pre-rolls gaining market share and other categories are kind of picking up and becoming fairly stable. Flower category in Canada uh, remains somewhat stable. And then again, pre-rolls is improving. And then uh, that's about 29% of the overall growth. So we've talked about the U.S. and Canada and what they buy, but when do they buy it? I think that's important, um, especially for retailers. So here's an excerpt from one of Headset's free reports. They say that looking at sales across all possible opening hours for cannabis shops, which are regulated differently, state to state or from Providence, we still see some clear trends. There aren't many people buying pot at 7 a.m. And from 2 to 7 is the sweet spot for sales or discounts or promos. Colorado has one of the biggest or highest proportion of morning sales, suggesting that consumers are perhaps more comfortable with buying cannabis at hours of the day when they don't necessarily plan on immediately consuming it. Nevada, on the other hand, they see a ton of sales happening where they have the highest percentage of evening sales. That's 9 p.m. to midnight, which probably is the worst time. People are out there drinking. They're like, hey, let's go and get some get some cannabis. And then, you know, the spins happen and whatever. Been there. Vegas is a place where everyone's got a cigar or cigarette or, or joint. Uh, and it's, a, it's an interesting place. Alberta, up in Canada. No sales between 7 and 9 a.m. because retailers can't legally open until 10 a.m. So when you look at the sales by day of week or a basket analysis, Friday happy hour applies to cannabis as well. On Fridays, as similar with other days, the majority of baskets are sold between 3 and 8. But the 3 to 5 time uh, time frame, that takes up a third of all sales. So if you're going to have a store, make sure that between three and five on Fridays, that a third of all of your um, sales are ready to go. And the majority of that is going to be edibles on Friday. For the producers or processors or wholesalers, you need a place to sell this. Uh, There's so many people think you can just open up shop and then they will come and you'll be able to sell it. The reality is, is you need to find a marketplace and the ability to sell it. So find something like Apex Trading, for example, that you can go online um, with low pricing and easy features and have that direct relationship between wholesale buyers and wholesale sellers. Another way to go, uh, another option, I guess, is Kush. Same thing, same kind of um, philosophy, whatever they have, um, a marketplace there. And you need to go on some something similar to that 
and help with, with sales. There's also, um, you know, up, up here, we have a, an event called Interchange. It's like speed dating for producers, processors, and retailers. You need to find out what that is in your area and get on board as quickly as possible because just creating, you know, the best fire or whatever is not good enough. There's a lot of athletes who produce CBD products. They get into, you know, CVS across two dozen stores and they think that that's all they need and then realize no one's actually buying it. You need a massive budget for marketing and advertising uh, as well as distribution. So not too much has changed for the Canadian forecast in 2022. Uh, there's going to be some additional markets in the U.S. that are going to significantly influence that forecast. The U.S. market is now estimate, estimated to surpass $30 billion this year, and the Canadian market is estimated to reach $5.5 billion now. So next time we're going to talk about uh, the investing from the standpoint of a CFO or controller. When you have an investment deck, you need to decide how much equity you're going to have and what type. Is it going to be uh, equity or debt? Is it, are you going to have warrants or rights? Is it going to be a convertible note? All of those things you're going to want to check out as well as the rest of this eight-part series for how to create a cannabis business from A to Z. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi. My name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.